Would you all please stand for the reading? Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. Please be seated. For all of you who are visiting with us, let me say how glad we are to have you here with us. And at this time, you have been given a packet of uh, visitor's material, and that is a, an attendance card. If you'd pass that toward the aisles, we'll pick that up for you. We'd like to have an opportunity to have a record of your attendance today. We're grateful that you have decided uh, to be with us. If you're traveling, uh, we pray that you are safe in your travels as you, as you leave from here. If you are traveling and you've just gotten here, uh, we're grateful that you're here, and we hope that your, your stay is wonderful. As you and I have been looking during the morning times, we've been looking at Joshua. We find ourselves in Joshua chapter number 14. Joshua chapter number 14. Many of you have different jobs than I have, and, and that's okay. When I say the word retire, your faces begin to glow. There's a little twinkle in your eye, thinking about, oh, what could be. What's the age of retirement? Is it 25 years in with a company, 30 years in with a company? Is it a, is it a fixed age like 62 or 65 for you? What is the age of retirement? Michael, what's the age of retirement for a preacher? That would be uh, death. The grave, that's exactly right. Shouldn't Caleb just go ahead and retire? When you and I read about him in Joshua chapter 14, he's 85. I think that's the age. That's got to be the age, right? That all the events that happened in Joshua chapter 14 really begin in Numbers chapter 14. And it's long before Joshua is ever named as the leader of the children of Israel. It goes all the way back to Moses. As Moses sends out those spies 45 years earlier, he sends out one man from every tribe. And I'll give you a dollar if you can name one of the other ten. We don't remember them very often. Matter of fact, if you'll put them in a list and ask somebody who are these people, they'll generally look at that list and go, never heard of these people before in my life. But for some reason, Joshua and Caleb, those two names have stuck in our minds. I wonder why that is. You'll recall in Numbers chapter number 14, uh, these spies are sent out and they bring back the spoils of the land. They bring back spoils of the land so big that it takes multiple people to carry them. Six people, as a matter of fact, to carry a bundle of grapes. Now, 
I don't know everything I know about grapes, but I'm going to tell you this. That's a big pile of grapes. It takes six people to carry them. They come back and they say, we can't do it. As a matter of fact, those people who live there see us and see us as tiny little bugs, as, as grasshoppers. We can't take over that land. They're too big. They're too powerful. There are too many walls. There, there are two who stand up and say, Oh, yes. Yes, we can. You see, God has given us those lands already. He has already made those profitable for us. All we have to do is go in there, do what he says, and he'll give us those lands. And it is the case that ten people change the mindset and the attitude of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, simply by saying we cannot. Joshua chapter 1. Now the servant of God, Moses, is dead. Who's going to lead? It can't be any of those ten. It can't be that generation because all but Joshua and Caleb perished in the wilderness. So you have a 50-50 shot. Is it Joshua or Caleb? I'm going to suppose, since we are in Joshua chapter 14, that you already know the answer to that. It is Joshua who God chooses to take over the leadership role that Moses had. It's Joshua who has been groomed to do this. Joshua has been a, a, uh, a, a sort of a liaison for, for Moses. The second half of his career, he has been a fighting man in the, in the army of, of Israel. He has seen both from the battlefield and from the planning sessions exactly what it takes, at least militarily speaking, of how to lead these people. It is God who has been grooming Joshua to take over this position. And perhaps it is God who would say, Joshua, I want you to lead. And Joshua would say, yes. But there are a few things I'd like to change. Maybe he has some reservations about how things were done. Maybe he has some reservations about how Moses made those decisions until God would speak to him and say, No, 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 no. Moses didn't make that decision. I told Moses to do this and to do that. And that's why those decisions were made. He's going to face one of those decisions here in Joshua chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 6. Let's take a few moments and read, if you will. We'll start with verse 7, since Michael so aptly read verse number 6. Uh, Caleb begins and says, Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me 
made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. Now, I'm not sure if that day that he's talking about is his birthday or if he's just making an announcement that today I'm 85. Just something for you. Now, therefore, give me this mountain Whereof the Lord spake that in his day, for thou heardest in the day how the Anakins were there. And the cities were great and fenced. If so, the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb for an inheritance. What an interesting set of scripture as you and I read these ideas here. Look at what has happened. A 40-year-old man has come back with a, uh, a report that we can take the land. The nation has rejected it. God has allowed him to live 45 more years. Now an 85-year-old man stands in front of the leader of the nation of Israel and he says, I want that land. What does Joshua do? Does he give him the land? Does he, does he not? Does he say, listen, you're, you're an old guy. If you notice in this particular account, Caleb begins to recite the things that you and I have looked at that happened in Numbers chapter 14 as if Joshua was not there. Maybe Joshua's old too. Caleb's having to stir that memory a little bit. You remember when we went? You remember what happened? You remember how God said through Moses, I'll give you this land? Yes, well, I'm here to claim it. Let's look at a few lessons found in this particular section of Scripture. Lesson number one, Caleb's old. There's no getting around that. You know, sometimes we say age is nothing but a number. Yeah, well, his number's 85, and you don't beat the calendar. For Caleb, he's not getting any younger. If he's going to take over this land that God has said that he can have, he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to go ahead and get started. After all, he's 85. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and if you don't feel comfortable with it, don't raise your hand. Who here is 85 or older? Good. I think Logan raised her hand, thinks she's 85. How many of y'all want to go to war? You ready to go fight for something? You ready to go fight for a mountain? Hopefully it's not one of the mountains like we have here that's just full of rock. Maybe he can grow something on the side of that. You ready to go take over that mountain? See, because 
Caleb still is. Caleb is still at 85 determined to follow God. Which would let me know, in principle, this fact. There is no age of retirement as a Christian. Now, the retirement benefits of being a Christian, as they would say, are out of this world. But you're going to have to work and not retire. And I'm going to have to work for my Lord and not retire. There's no retirement plan for being a Christian. There's no point at which I say, well, I've done my duty. I'll leave this to the younger. Oh, that doesn't work. You and I read in the books of Timothy and in Titus how those older are to teach the younger. Why? Because they have experience in it. And they've hit those rocky patches that don't really work and they show you how to work around those things. Because there is no retirement plan. When I went to the Indian Creek Youth Camp when I was a little young one, there was a lady there who taught the elementary school kids. Now there's a hut there named after her because out of all the things that you might could say positively and negatively, this is an undisputed fact. The lady whose name I don't know of other than Ma Pounds Never retired. She never stopped. She could have. And we could argue the fact that maybe she should have. Maybe her days would have prolonged a little longer. But she never did retire. Caleb was old. And I'm getting older every day. How about you? Number two, Joshua has full confidence in Caleb first and in God, or, or maybe in God first and in Caleb. When Caleb comes and speaks to Joshua and tells him what he wants to do, Joshua was, was surely confident that Caleb could do those things. This is the last two of a band of brothers and Joshua is not going to sail Caleb down the river to allow him to be killed. Well, just go up there and see if you can take it, Caleb. Maybe you can, maybe you can. I don't know. Let's, let's see how it works out. Oh, Joshua is fully confident in Caleb. He, he knows when Caleb says, I'm as strong today at 85 as I was at 40, and I, don't even, I can't even understand that. He knows it's true. He knows when Caleb says, God has given me this as my inheritance, he knows it's true. And he doesn't deny Caleb access. Joshua has full confidence in Caleb and in God. You see, even though Caleb may have come and said, I'm as strong as I ever was, and perhaps even thought that, 
Or, or if he would come and say, God said I could have it at 40, I guess I can still do that at 85. It's the surety and the confidence that Joshua has in God to know and to understand that Caleb will be able to take that hill. Are you sure of God? When he makes those promises to you, are you sure? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Are you sure? Live faithfully and I'll give you a crown of life. Are you sure? Christian, be sure. There's not a promise with the exception of the return of Jesus that hasn't been fulfilled yet that God has made. And that one's coming. The promises that God makes are a sure thing, are confidence-building, are awe-inspiring. And to see his promises and to see his authority means I'm going to have to follow because of who he is. Joshua's old, but, or Caleb's old, but Joshua has confidence. Notice number three. Caleb is still able to follow those commands. Look at verse 11. Yet I am as strong this day as I was the day Moses sent me. Age does not mean a weakling. Doesn't mean someone who's inept or someone who is useless. And unfortunately, in our society, we have been force-fed that idea for years that the older generation begins to be a burden on the younger. And we've gotten that wrong. We associate age and weakness. We associate age and mentally slipping. We associate age and, and uselessness. Now, let me tell you something. At 45, I'm not all that strong. At 45, I slip sometimes mentally. And in there are certain situations, I'm useless. Does that mean I'm not profitable for God's kingdom? <laughs> well, I hope not. I have to rethink this whole thing. God says, you've got to get to work. And I say, well, I can't do anything. Ah, that's a lie. There's plenty I can do. How many lessons? How many lessons have you ever learned from the older generation? If I could have one day, one single day, where whatever wish I had would come to, to, to reality. I'd like to have one more conversation with my grandfathers. I'd like to hear some of the stuff that I didn't listen to when they told it to me the first time. How many lessons can I learn from an older generation. 
You recall months, six weeks or so ago, I preached a lesson that was written by my grandfather. Never really looked at it like that till I read his outline. I thought, huh. <laughs> that sermon was preached in Jasper, Alabama 40 years ago, and it still applies in Hot Springs, Arkansas today. How many lessons could I learn if I had an opportunity to sit down with my grandfathers one more time? My grandmothers one more time? For us to completely overlook those who are older as weaklings or inept should be a shame on us. Notice number four. Because of Caleb's faith and desire... He completed the task found in chapter 14, verse 9, and verse number 14. Look at verse number 9. Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord your God. I'm going to give you this land, Caleb, and 45 years later, he was still focused on the promise that God said, I'm going to give you this land. You know, from Numbers chapter 14 to Joshua chapter 14, there's not a spot in there where you can read, and then God took back the promise he made to Caleb. God's promise was still faithful. What does that say to you and me, Christian? It hasn't come to pass yet, preacher. What about this? What about that? Wait. Just hold on. You know what my favorite thing to do is? My favorite thing to do is to try to grab a hold of God and put him into my timeline. Because what he does is laugh and say, that ain't never going to work, Hayes. But it's Caleb who would show us that we're going to have to have the proper focus in on what God has promised and not necessarily the timeline in which I think God's promises should be fulfilled. Because here's the, fact, the truth of the matter. He never asked me about those promises when he was making them. Why do I think he should ask me about when they should be fulfilled? But because of Caleb's faith... Because of Caleb's desire, those tasks were completed. We can't take our eyes off the goal. But the question then comes, what's the goal? Where does the goal stand? Is, is the goal here to be the best I can be here? Because if, if my goal is strictly looking at this particular life I'm living now, then that goal is completed and ends when I draw my last breath. And then what? What happens after that? If my goal is just here, then my goal ends there. If 
my goal is serving God and living with Him eternally, then my goal goes past the last breath I draw. My goal is oriented toward what will happen in eternity, not what will happen here. And at 85, we see a man who properly looks at the timeline. Perhaps he looks at himself and says, I don't have a lot of time here. That may be the case. Maybe he doesn't. But I've got all the time in the world in eternity. Number next. Uh, that was all of them. When you and I look in Joshua chapter 14, and we look at Caleb, we see a man who could have, he could have lost focus on everything that was valuable in his life, on his God. He had opportunity in Numbers chapter 14 to lose focus. He had, number, he had opportunity throughout his life, just like you and I do, to lose focus. He had an opportunity in Joshua chapter 14 to say, I don't have the strength for that. But he did not lose focus on God. He could have lost focus on the inheritance that was supposed to be given to him by God. You know, when, when he's looking at that inheritance, he could have said, man, I'm old. My feet hurt. My back hurts. And pretty much my everything hurts. This could be a task for a younger generation. He could have lost focus. But it was not a task for a younger generation. It was a task for that generation. The excuses that we have to not follow God's plan are always around us and they're always pulling us away from what God says into my feet hurt and my back hurts I'm tired You know, congregation this size, I'm not the only one who can teach a class. Michael can preach for me. Congregation this size won't miss me if I am not here this time. You know, what I really need to do is take care of this project at work. What I really need to do is take care of this task. I'll come back. And it's just that quickly. Just that quickly. To where we allow those excuses 
to infiltrate our life. I read a blurb online the other day that was very interesting. And it said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Hmm. Sometimes we have the excuse, someone else will keep this thing pointed in the right direction. It'll be someone else's job to, to make sure this happens or that happens. Maybe the elders here can keep things pointed in the right direction. Or maybe, maybe the parents should do that with the, with the youth. Why are, they all, why are they always looking at me? Well, I think I know the answer to that. Because a soldier in God's army is to be mission-minded. The first task of a group of soldiers is to complete the mission, right? Mm-hmm. It's not to make sure I get out and am safe. Safety's third. OSHA doesn't want to hear that, but safety's third. Mission is first. Soldiers of Christ arise and adopt the mindset of Caleb, who was mission-minded, who said, I'm going to take this promise of God and it's going to be a gift for the next generation. What am I leaving them? What am I giving them? What am I teaching them? You want to be like Caleb? Obey. You want to be like Caleb? Do what God has said. You want to be like Caleb? Follow in the footprints of God. Follow after what God has said and do those things. Caleb lived in a different time than you and I live, but you and I live underneath the New Testament system of faith in which God would tell us that we need to hear what God has to say and believe those things. That we need to repent of our sin, confess that Jesus is the Christ, and be baptized in water, being added to his army, being added to his family. Have you done those things? If the answer is no, then it's time to do those things. And if you use those excuses of I'm too old, I'm too sore, I'm too this, I'm too that, come back home. Come back home now while we stand and sing for your encouragement. There's a